2: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports, Real GM, and the Celtics blog coming up here momentarily. Of course, the Celtics in town pregame will be at 7.30. Tip off uh, well, sometime after 8.30, Gordon, as it's game two on the ESPN slot tonight. It was initially scheduled to be an 8 o'clock game. They moved it back to 8.30. Looks like that experiment with them moving up start times might you know, not have worked. Well,
3: maybe, maybe not. But what
2: the most important thing is that the Jazz show up to play
3: against a quality opponent tonight, and 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 rediscover themselves again, because we know they can play much better than what we've seen lately. And uh, what what better way to get off the schneid than to beat an opponent like the Boston Celtics, especially with some of the emotion that's in the building, and just you know, it's it's an opportunity. For the Jazz, and when I was in the locker room the other night after that abysmal performance against Phoenix, it, it was it was not it was not a positive feeling in there. Those guys need a win in the worst way, and just as important as the win, they need to earn a win.
2: Well, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line, lease any phone, and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He makes the magic happen at Yahoo Sports, Real GM, and the Celtics blog. He's our friend Keith Smith with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Keith. How are you?
4: I'm doing great, guys. How are you?
2: Hey, we're doing just fine. Uh, the Jazz struggling, however, a little bit. And Jason Tatum playing the best basketball of his career. That's probably not a recipe a lot of Jazz fans want to see.
4: Yeah, I I would say at least uh, the uh, Tatum part of that is, Absolutely true. They are. He is playing out of his mind, especially offensively right now. There's not much he's not doing in the month of February. He's averaging over 30 points per game. He's up around 50% from the field, 50% from behind the arc. He's getting to the free throw line quite a bit. He's just got it all working offensively right now. And then on the Jazz side, yeah, they've hit a rough batch, three straight losses. They've slipped down a fifth. And now it's... Looking like rather than a battle maybe for two or three, they're trying to hold off Oklahoma City and Dallas and not slip all the way down to seven as the West has really become wide open seating-wise.
3: So aside from Tatum and uh, his uh, stellar play of late, what is the challenge that the Jazz are going to face tonight?
4: Yeah, I I think you're going to have to really defend from the outside in Uh, versus doing anything inside out. The Celtics, it's not that they don't get into the paint, because they do, but they're really perimeter-based. And that's even without Kemba Walker, who's going to be out tonight. But Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those guys are all capable of making plays with the ball in their hands, or that's for themselves. or creating a play for a teammate. And then Daniel Tice, who's the center for the Celtics, he's just as comfortable hanging out around the arc, setting screen, and playing the pick-and-pop game as he is getting down to the paint. So I think for Utah, they're really going to have to focus on building that defense outside in. In the NBA, you build it inside out.
3: In other words, it's the Jazz's worst nightmare.
4: (laughs) It it could be a little bit. Now, on the flip side, Utah should be able to get – something going inside. We've seen teams do that to Boston this year on occasion. Uh, Tice has a tendency to get himself in foul trouble. And then behind him, you're going to end his or really undersized options like Grant Williams or Sonny Ogilvy playing the fives. So if, if Utah can really involve uh, Rudy Gobert in the offense today and make Daniel Tice work and maybe get him in foul trouble, they might have a chance of getting themselves put uh, into a pretty good offensive night at least. And that's kind of the hope you have against Boston because they're one of the better defensive teams in the league as well as a very very much improved offense.
2: Keith there's a report out there that the Jazz are making a change in their starting lineup tonight Royce O'Neal will come back to the starting lineup Joe Ingles will go to the bench reportedly what do you think about that move if it indeed happens?
4: Yeah it feels like a little bit like just doing something to do something. I think their best group is still Gobert, Bogdanovich, Ingles, Mitchell, and Conley. That, that's the group that I think can, can get them to to the best places. The challenge is kind of all those guys need the ball a little bit to be successful. So I, I get it. You get a guy, Royce O'Neill in there. My guess is he's probably going to draw Jason Tatum as his defensive matchup, and he'll be able to focus on that. He doesn't really need the ball on offense. So I think, think that's the hope is you get a little bit of that balance back and then ingles can hopefully help stabilize the second unit so I'm as a guy who can you know score a little bit make some plays with the ball in his hand and those things but i think ultimately at the end of the day it's that uh, what had been the starting five for a little bit that's the group i think that utah really wants to play their most meaningful minutes with if you don't open with it that's fine as long as that's probably the group that's going to close halves and then close games
3: So, as you know, uh, when Gordon Hayward left Utah, he left it uh, not on the best terms. And the people here were upset with the way he exited. And there was a lot of emotion. Uh, Will you tell our listeners the evolution of Gordon Hayward as a Celtic? Everybody saw the horrific injury and his comeback from that. But where is he now? And uh, just update everybody.
4: Yeah, he has been really, really good this season. It's easy for him to be overshadowed by how good Tatum has been, and then Jalen Brown, both of those young guys making a leap, and then Kemba Walker is the kind of shiny new object, who's playing really well, and a lot of people are focused because he replaced Kyrie Irving, but Gordon Hayward, to start the year was fantastic for the Celtics and what we're seeing is flashes of that really good all-around game that he showed in Utah they they hadn't been able to show that with the Celtics Uh, last year as he was getting healthy he was really kind of a standstill shooter and then on occasion he's had these big scoring outputs now this year he's probably been their best playmaker uh, setting up offense for four other guys which is you know interesting considering he's not really a point guard or anything like that but they give him the ball let him initiate the offense a lot. His defense has been really solid, so I think the Celtics are finally getting to see that guy that they hope for. Now he's got continuing foot and ankle issues from from that broken leg. He's got some some. Uh, I don't know if the team has officially called it nerve damage, but that's what it sounds like it is. and that's caused him to miss some time and cause some games where he hasn't been real effective or explosive. So that's something they're that going to have to manage through probably for the remainder of his career. But when he is out there. He has generally been one of the better Celtics, and probably the best all-around Celtic on the team.
2: Um, I know there's some. um, It's questionable whether or not uh, Kemba Walker is going to play tonight. But why has he been such a great fit, whereas Kyrie Irving was not last year?
4: Yeah, he is not going to play tonight. They ruled him out uh, a little little while earlier this afternoon, so he's definitely out tonight. Um, But as far as fit goes, there's two pieces. One, he shows up with a smile on his face and wants to be there. He's happy to defer to his younger teammates. He just wants to win. After all those years in Charlotte, being on kind of middling teams that were just fighting to get in the playoffs, Kemba Walker came to Boston with the idea of, hey, I can be part of a winner here, and I can do that. And then on the court, as far as style of play, the fact that he can play off the ball has been huge. Kyrie Irving, for all of his skills, really needs the ball to be in his hands. He's not a great uh, spot-up shooter. He's not somebody who's going to come flying off screens for jumpers, things like that and that's something boston has really opened up with kemba is he plays off the ball quite a bit he whether that be spot ups or he comes out uh and they run plays for him to get the ball and the move and those kind of things and that's allowed him to not have to create everything for himself they're able to create offense for him in other ways and that's helped open up the the uh touches for other guys like hayward brown tatum even marcus smart That's allowing the celtics offense to really function at its best
3: Last year, Brad Stevens wasn't so smart. This year, he's really smart again. Is that a is that a function of just uh, offloading, as you were talking about Kyrie?
4: There's some truth to that. I think just uh, without Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, Marcus Morris, veterans who needed the ball, veterans who kind of had a lot to say at times, especially Irving and Morris. Um, that that. The locker room got away from Stevens last year. He wasn't really controlling things the way he wants to. And, and now now it's back to, he's back to, this is the team I want. Uh, there's no more bad feelings about, hey, well, Hayward's only starting and playing all these minutes because he's Stevens' buddy from back in the day and all these things. Now he's reintegrated and they're just able to go and, and make things happen. So that's made, made a pretty big difference. Uh, for them. And then the other piece of it with Brad Stevens is he's adjusting and adapting Two things. One of the biggest criticisms on him is he likes to let his team play through things. So sometimes the other team might go on a 10, 12, 13 point run, then Stevens just kind of sits back and says, "All right, figure it out." This year he's not allowing that. He's calling these timeouts quicker. He's tightened down his rotation. He's only playing about eight or nine guys most nights uh, for you know anywhere from 15 to 35 minutes or so. So there's not not a this this roster where he's playing you know 11 or 12 guys, and some of that's the way the roster is, been bill but some of that is him adjusting his coaching style as
2: well keith smith yahoo sports real gm and the celtics blog with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 the zone what's uh what's the Celtics ceiling are they a threat
4: to come out of the east I think that they are. I think that they're going to face some challenges. They're probably going to uh, slot in either the two or the three seed. They, they, them and Toronto have created some distance between the teams behind them. No one's catching the box. They're, they're up eight, eight games on everybody. So that, that's a complete pipe dream there. But that's important because if you're two or three, you're going to draw a little bit of an easier first-round matchup, and then you're not going to see Milwaukee to the conference finals. And as we've seen time and time again over the years, the playoffs are a little bit of a different animal. Sometimes the best regular season teams, they flame out in the playoffs. Sometimes there's injuries. Sometimes there's just fatigue and those kind of things. So I think the Celtics have a chance, and they match up pretty good with Milwaukee. They're going to struggle to defend Giannis, but who doesn't? There's nobody in the league who can really defend that guy. So I think when you're the Celtics, one of the things you're looking at is they have to defend you, too. And because, again, they play this this outside-in game where they can attack with any number of their four guys of, of Walker, Hayley word Brown and Tatum. That makes it really hard on a defense because you're not able to set things and defend uh, and build your defense out to any one guy. You have to account for all four of them. That makes them a really difficult matchup. How do they match up with the Raptors? Yeah, pretty good. I think that's the playoff series we've all been kind of hoping to see over the last uh, three, four years, and we've never quite gotten it either. One of the teams has gone out early or uh, fallen, or we, we had that LeBron James guy, James guy, kind of wrecking everything for everybody in the East for a long time. So that's a really fun matchup there. They're similarly sized teams, especially since the Raptors tend to go with uh, Pascal Siakam at the floor who's not an overly big and imposing guy. So I think it a really interesting matchup. Again, I think Boston has a couple more attack points. They they what we've seen them do this year in their two wins over Toronto is really go at Fred Van Lee and make him work. They, they tend to like to isolate those. They're they're not afraid to make Marcus all play out around the three-point line and, and run around and chase guys out there and defend, you know from 30 feet and in, in, in. So I think, think they match up pretty good with Toronto challenges. Toronto's depth is a little bit better now, so they're able to get some things going off their bench that Boston has a little bit of trouble keeping up with because when the Celtics go to their bench, that's definitely a weak point for them. So if you can come in and either turn the game around or maintain a lead, Against the Celtics, it puts a lot of pressure on their starting five to get them uh, back into games or get them back into
3: lead. You mentioned uh, earlier that you thought that Rudy Gobert might be able to make some hay against the Celtics. Uh, what what as you as you look at what the Jazz uh, will put on the court tonight? What is the the biggest threat to the Celtics as presently constituted?
4: Yeah, I'd like to see them really work that, that uh, pick-and-roll matchup as much as they can with Gobert. I'd like to see them go to some of that with Donovan Mitchell as the ball handler, some with uh, Boyan B- Bogdanovic, sorry, um, and make him him uh, you know do some things. He's a guy who's given Boston some trouble over the years. I think that's that's going to be interesting. And if they can get Mike Connolly going, that's when sometimes the Celtics' uh, challenge has been against really good point guards because they like to switch just about everything. Everything. You can, if you're patient enough, you can work into getting good matchups against Boston. This often, it's they they tend to break things. For the other team's offense, and by the time you're switched into that good matchup, there's only four or five seconds left on the shot clock, and you're having to kind of rush things. So if you can get down, get things moving pretty quickly, you can go at them. But it's going to have to be a lot of Mitchell and Gobert making things happen with some Bogdanovich. And then you know we've seen the Jazz do that when, when they've played well, and I think that's something that they'll go to against the Celtics quite a bit tonight. Keith, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Absolutely, thank you for having me.
2: Keith Smith, Yahoo Sports, Real GM. And does work there in Boston with the Celtics blog. As Boston is in town to take on the Utah Jazz tonight, certainly a tough opponent to you know snap out of some stuff.
3: And as he said, the Celtics have been playing well, uh, forty and seventeen,
2: and they're still like what nine and a half games behind the Bucks. What is it? Uh, let me look. Well, the Bucks are on pace to be the third best team in history, yeah, from a record standpoint. So. You know they're winning the East, but I've got to admit that the Celtics are more of a contender than they I thought they'd be. Kemba Walker has been a great fit, even though we're not going to see him tonight, and they've turned the 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 or they've handed the baton over to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward's been good at his role, but those two dudes, particularly Tatum, yeah, they're they're the stars of the show, and Tatum is really really good, and he's going to be a mismatch for the Jazz, like he's a mismatch for most teams, but. He's got the size and the ability and the athleticism that just, you know, makes him a special player. What are you expecting from Gordon Hayward tonight? Do you think
3: he'll be motivated to go off, or do you think he'll he'll have the ability
2: to do that? Uh, The Jazz know him pretty well. They do, but, I mean, it's been... It's been a minute. His role is significantly different with the Celtics than it was with the with the Jazz. I expect him to probably be average tonight. He averages 17.3 points, 6.7 rebounds, 4.2 assists, probably somewhere in that mm. neighborhood cuz he's not that fiery I'm going to go prove everybody wrong type of guy. In fact, he doesn't like confrontation, Gordon. <laughs> doesn't he doesn't. So he'll, But he also never shied away from the moment. I mean, he he didn't do that with the Jazz, so he'll probably go out there and be himself. You think he is more comfortable in his role now with Boston than he was with his role in Utah? Probably because he wasn't good enough for his role in Utah, and he's probably more equipped to be a number three instead of a number one. However, remember how he wanted the accolades and wanted to be an all-star and blah, 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 because he's not getting that. Well, I
3: know, Boston.
2: but how, how, you can't have it both ways, can you? I don't know, because if you listen to some folks, the rationale of him going to Boston was it was easier to make the all-star team. Yeah, I remember And that. it was easier to be in the Eastern Conference uh, Finals because they were there already, and so he was going to ride the gravy train. No, 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 no. The
3: whole reason he went to Boston was to 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 be close to his college coach. Yeah, okay, we never, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, because it was unfinished business at Butler. No, they were a team who thought they were a piece away, and they thought that piece was Gordon Hayward, and he was going to ride in, and he was going to be this big-time player making max money. And nope, unfortunately for him, suffered a pretty catastrophic injury, but they also drafted over top of him. And you know what? He'd be in this situation anyway because Jason Tatum is better now than Hayward has ever been. True. This is true. And Jalen Brown, you could probably say the same. But Tatum, for sure. Why did Hayward hate being here so much? I don't know. Or did he? There was, was, some... it, was there some truth in the whole idea of wanting to reunite with Brad Stevens? I, My pure speculation, Gordon, there was some bitterness there. He would have handled things differently. And I'm not talking about Colin Gale, and I'm not talking about the botched announcement. I'm talking about the Jazz could have gotten some confidence. A compensation for him. You think it was because they didn't sign him originally, you know, when they could have or extended. They made him go work for his extension. I don't know.
3: I don't know. I don't blame him.
2: But He wasn't that good back then. But I believe he knew he was leaving all along, and he certainly misled the franchise on that point as well. So, yeah, I can understand why those things don't sit so well with jazz fans. Yep. Doesn't seem like the right way to do business. Nope, it does not. All right, uh, big thanks to Keith Smith for jumping on with us. Uh, fine work from him, of course. Coming up right around the corner, we're going to talk some BYU basketball. Mark Durant is going to be on the show as BYU's got a ton of momentum. Going to try and finish up regular season play with win over Pepperdine and then go down there to Vegas. The Orleans, Gordon, see, see if they can rattle off a couple of wins. Cement up that good seed. Maybe be able to win a couple of games in the tourney. Well, they have the talent to do it. We'll see if they can actually make it real. David Locke with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned for that as well. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone.
1: This is DJ and PK. Ken Pomeroy joins us from KenPom.com. We kind of knew going into that game that BYU was pretty good. So it wasn't like it was a huge upset. Seeding-wise, it's probably a little more impactful. You know, the brackets I'm seeing that came out after that game are seeding BYU as a pretty solid sixth seed right now. So what needs to happen for that to be accomplished to get that sixth seed? Certainly, if you want to protect your seed, I think getting a win over St. Mary's, which should be another quality win, would do that. And you know, obviously, beating Gonzaga again would bump them up even higher. But yeah, I think just winning those, what seemed to be their next two games, would cement them, I think, is a six-seed. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: the say Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. Join us tomorrow. Gordon, we're going to be in Orem at the warehouse from 3 to 6, 86 East University Parkway. Prices is so low it will blow your mind. We're going to talk to Mark Durant, color analyst for the BYU broadcast coming up here momentarily. We'll ask him about how the Cougs are playing uh, with one more to go before going to Vegas.
3: You ever feel like you gotta sneeze, but you it's you you haven't sneezed yet, but you
2: feel like you're gonna sneeze. You there right now? I am right there. You want us just to what? Encourage you to sneeze? I mean I it, it, it it's 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 just not there yet. This is where but, you're gonna go? Someone told me once, uh
0: try and yawn and then you'll sneeze. Ugh. <sighs> <sighs> You have to really try, not, not
3: <laughs> worst actor ever
0: try. Yeah, that was
2: a pretty bad yawn right there. I'll let you know when it's here, and then I'll go ahead and sneeze. Well, we're, we're all uh, you know thoughts and prayers, Gordon. We I, hope did, we uh, it
3: through. I did, uh, as you know, I was down there at the Marriott Center uh, for that game against Gonzaga, and haven't seen that building like that for a long, long time. And it was impressive what the Cougars were able to do against uh, one of the best teams in the country, and I thought the Cougars had been playing pretty well, but that was, that was fairly convincing, what they did. And obviously they had all that positive energy going their way, whether they can recreate that and they have enough talent to, uh, to mount that kind of uh, challenge against Gonzaga if they are to play him in the, in the conference tournament on a neutral uh, court.
2: Kind of, neutral.
3: You think there's gonna be a bunch of who, well, who's
2: you think more Gonzaga fans or more BYU fans? Oh, are you kidding? Like three to one Z- Gonzaga fans, maybe more. Really? I've covered that tournament for a long, long time. Yeah, but there's a lot of BYU fans uh, down in Vegas, aren't there? Trust me, there's way more Gonzaga okay. fans. This is like their Super Bowl. The whole community goes. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Spokane is vacated. Yeah, it's it's something else. But yeah, they're all Gonzaga fans. All right, let's uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He is the color analyst for the BYU broadcast. He is Mark Durant with us on the Big Show. Hello, Mark. How are you?
5: Jay Gordon. I'm doing great. It's an honor to be on with you guys. I listen to you every day on my way home from work. You do a great job. And to Gordon, I say a preemptive Gesundheit.
3: Well, thank you.
2: <laughs> How you, you feeling over there? Any you, update? It's you not there yet.
3: Off? It's not there, but you know what Gesundheit means? No. It means uh, good health. Well, Gazoon tied all around, whatever. Or something like
2: that. Uh, Mark, thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, we're talking about BYU and the way they're playing. And Gordon was down there in Provo for the win over, over Gonzaga. And, you know, talk about this group and, and just how well they're doing right now.
5: Well, it's fun, you know, as a broadcaster, I've been doing it with Greg Rubel for a long time, 23 years. And these kind of seasons are rare. And so you just try and enjoy it when they happen. And uh, it's fun to be talking about seating in the in the NCAA tournament rather than whether or not you're going to squeak into the NIT. And so it's fun, and the, the team is very likable. They play a fun style of ball, a lot of threes, shoot it well. Uh, Mark Pope is just a, a joy to be around. So fun and effusive and gregarious, or whatever's. <laughs> Whatever the source, the source words I can think of for him, he's just he's just a really positive influence out there, and it's just fun to see those guys having success. And that game the other night was as as fun as I've had doing this job, and and the environment there was electric, and for them to play as well as they did, uh, that was pretty neat. So it's it's good so far. I hope that's not the highlight of the season. It may be, but. I hope there's some, some good things that still await this team.
3: How much truth was there in that win? Uh, or do you think it was just a, a collision of positivity with the emotion of the home crowd and all that? Or do you think the Cougars really are good enough to play like that, uh, like we were talking about, on a, on a neutral court?
5: Well, the first thing I have to say is is very good, uh, obviously. And I think BYU surprised them a little bit with their performance after what they did up in Spokane. And and obviously when you have Yoli on the floor, it's going to make things better for you, and you have to play BYU differently when you have to account for Yoli. And so that combined with uh, just the, the environment and, you know, Gonzaga doesn't play in you know, a lot of those types of games, and that can make a big difference. Although they've played in the biggest games, you know, on the biggest stages, I mean, that's a unique environment. There at BYU, and, and you know you're the game, and you know your stuff, Gordon. It's I think BYU was the better team that night. I don't know that they're even close to the better team of the two on a neutral floor, but uh, they they can certainly beat Gonzaga in the conference tournament. But I mean I don't don't I'm I my, I got blue cl- colored glasses on, but they're not that blue, and I know how good Gonzaga is, and and they're going to be I think I think they. We're taken a little bit by surprise the other night with how good BYU is and how hard they played, and, and they'll be ready for BYU next time. Again, that's not to say BYU can't compete and can't even win that game, but it would be a different story, I think, on a neutral floor, but that's, that's part of the beauty of college basketball. You, you, get a guy, you get a good team on your home floor, and you have that fan support, and uh, anything can happen, and it certainly BYU was the better team that particular night on that floor.
2: Let's talk about TJ Haas for a second, Mark, and he's kind of the final of that lone peak three that came in with such high expectations. And he's been a lightning rod at times and has been up and down a little bit. And this year he seems like, you know, he's kind of been the emotional leader. He's had some just gigantic moments, played really, really well at times uh, in his senior year. And you've got to feel good for a guy with a story like that.
5: I'm so happy for TJ. Uh, Gordon will remember, but I played with Marty back in the day and then watching Tyler. I I just love the Haas family, just amazing people. And I'm happy for TJ because it, it's been, a I think, a tough career for him the first three years. I think he had some high expectations placed on him coming out of Lone Peak with that group. And, and you know, he's not the most lovable guy. I mean, Jimmer was just so overtly lovable uh, and, and TJ's a kind of a guy unless he's on your team you probably don't like him very much but he, he's really endearing himself to BYU fans this year just with the way he's playing and it's so gratifying for me to see him have a, a really good senior year and, and hitting big shots because he's a terrific player and he's going to go down in the top five of multiple categories at BYU and his consistency over the years and Having to deal with different offenses each year, and he, he just seems to finally have has found a nice fit. He's playing his best basketball and seems to be having fun out there on the floor. And I'm just happy for T.J. He's a remarkable player. You look at him, you know, in the airport, and you think there's no way this guy plays college basketball, but yet he can make you look silly and he can slice and dice even the best defenders. You saw him do it to Gonzaga and, and hit big shots and. Uh, and seems to relish you know, hitting big shots at big moments. And so I, I absolutely love T.J., and I couldn't be more thrilled that his senior year is going the way it's going because I think he deserves it.
3: You mentioned Yoli Childs earlier. Uh, he is a fantastic college player. Does he have a future in the NBA? You
5: know, that's a tough one, Gordon. I, I would say no, um, just because – the guys in the NBA are just so good. I mean, you go down on the floor with the jazz game, see those guys warm up and it's it's like what planet am I on? These guys are so athletic and huge and and it's not that Yoli doesn't have the skills and athleticism, I think he does. But he's just you know, he's got he's he's in between sizes. What does he play? Uh I think he could conceivably be a Paul Millsap, guy uh he's developed his perimeter game and so that's important um but you know it, it all comes down to the right situation the, you know the organization giving him a chance uh i mean it's a whole bunch of things for him to be able to to be able to fit in a, a an nba team and again let me reiterate he's good enough to play in the nba he's got nba skills but they kind of I, I think for the most part in the NBA. You've got to meet certain metrics for, you know, size and speed and athleticism. And, I mean, they don't even look at you unless you fit fit that in, unless you've got a really specific skill set that you do really, really well. But I hope he does. I hope he gets a chance. I think with what he did against Gonzaga and what he could do, you know, if they win a couple games in the tournament, I think it was a really smart decision for him to come back because his stock will have risen significantly. But it's just going to be a tough road, and if if he doesn't, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> with the way the world is now and the, the leagues in Europe, he'll have a great career, make a lot of money, and in some in some pro team somewhere. But I would love to see Yoli playing in the NBA. But it, when when your your best players of all time at BYU don't really make it in the NBA, it, it's just a hard road, and uh, we'll see. I hope I hope. More than anything, that Yoli gets a chance and can show what he can do because he he has great skills and is a terrific, you know, maybe all maybe the all time best big man ever at BYU.
2: Well, Mark, we appreciate you jumping on the uh, on the show as always, and uh, hey, enjoy the rest of the ride for this season. It should be a fun one. Let's hope uh, it goes into the uh, NCAA tournament a couple of rounds.
5: Yeah, I hope so. That'd be fun. It's just it's just fun to win, and and uh, I'm just kind of. As a fan and a broadcaster, it's it's good for me, and I just uh, enjoying it because uh, not all seasons are the same, and this one is pretty special so far. We'll see if they can make it even more special. But thanks for having me on, fellas. Anytime.
2: Thanks, Mark. Mark Durant, color uh, color analyst for the BYU broadcast. I imagine being
3: a uh, a, a broadcaster for uh, in a specific way on a team like that. If your team is not good or has a ceiling that let's say it's good, but it's, it, there's just kind of not that high a ceiling, for example? Well, I mean, I, I just wonder if that would how that would be. you know, or let's say your team was really bad and you had to like br- the Phillies, broadcast that, game after game after game after game. How tiring would that become?
2: I don't know. You're usually dialed into the Lobo broadcast. How do they handle it? You're a New, Go Mexico, Lobos! New Mexico guy. Oh, yeah. Are they just blasting Bob Davey left and right on those broadcasts down there? Or I, what? I, I
3: imagine they are. Oh. I, I don't know. Maybe they should,
2: you know, but they sometimes are hesitant to do that. Well, this BYU uh, broadcasting team doesn't have to worry about that at the moment.
3: Yeah, uh we heard a part of the call from Greg uh the other day, uh wasn't it? And I thought he was gonna you know might
2: explode. Come apart at the seams? Yeah. Yeah. He was enthusiastic. I, I thought,
3: I, no no, I really thought that the combination of the personality, the uh the, the enthusiasm and the uh the the fan in him was going to be like a particle collider. And his, I thought his whole body and, and m- mind were going to explode.
2: Combust? Combust. Hmm. I'm glad it didn't. Well, I'm sure Mark is happy it didn't because he's sitting right <laughs> next to him, you know. Probably be kind of a mess. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, coming up next, the Not Sports Report. Indeed. And then Ugh. top of the five o'clock hour, we've got David <laughs> Locke who's gonna jump on with us. We'll see if David can explain what's going on. Yeah. I mean, we're all ears. We'll get to it coming up right around the corner. Big show, 975 and 1280
1: the zone. Three, two, one. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. <laughs>
0: Incriminating audio. BYU loses by thirty or more to Gonzaga, or I give you incriminating audio. Well, what's oh. it gonna be? What miserable thing am I gonna have to hear for the next thirty? What do you years like here, Adrian? Career? I'm going with pet name. That's my that's my vote. You're okay. To it, just, it seems like it bothers you a to lot. just admit that Jake Scott's better at this than you guys. <laughs> sure. Okay. No qualms on this side. All right. Well, Whitney's pet name for me is Tony. <laughs> beautiful well, like Whitney's what, pet name the... for me is Tony <laughs> <laughs> now I'm in trouble at home too yeah.
1: Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network check this out and now you're not sports report on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
4: Say
2: Won't you let me take it back. Big Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone, time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket, over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online at lhmusedcars.com. We can talk about that maybe in the 5 o'clock hour, what What Gordon's going to do for Lynn? You're a man. You now till April something. 12th. Yeah.
3: Actually, that's part of my non-sports report.
2: Oh, okay. Well, let's get to it.
3: You want me to proceed right now? I thought you were you, you were
2: concocting some bit of brilliance. Oh, no. I, you had a look on
3: your face like you had something on no, your I mind. No, I was just
2: bringing an off-the-air topic on the air. I thought maybe something we could brainstorm.
3: Okay. Before we get to Ash Wednesday, which it is today. Did you see the story about um, all the people who were complaining about the halftime show? There was more information that came out. The FCC says that 1,300 people uh, were sending in complaints uh, about that said halftime show with uh, Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Now, we mentioned that right after it happened, but 1,300? Did you really think there uh, was—did that offend you in any way?
2: No, but, I mean, 1,300. Gordon, how many people watch the Super Bowl?
3: (laughs) So you think maybe there would have been 1,300 complaints even if it had been, you know— Mitch Miller, or you know, uh, some just who was the band who was
2: there? the wingnut who took off his shirt uh, not this year, but the year before. I mean, there's probably 1,300 complaints about that guy too, the Maroon Five guy. Oh, Adam Levine. <laughs> yeah, remember when he took his shirt off and ran around like a moron. There, you know, there was probably Gordon's generation who were calling the FCC
0: for that too. <laughs> no, honestly, there were FCC complaints about, but it wasn't his shirt; is that his pants were falling a little yeah, low there,
2: right? So yeah, there thirteen hundred people out there. I I feel like you could say anything and uh, on a Super Bowl <laughs> broadcast, and probably thirteen hundred people would take offense. Okay. Right? We all get right. more complaints a day on this show than
3: that easily. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Very solid. All right. Okay. First of all, what the heck is Ash Wednesday, Mister Know It All? What is Ash Wednesday? It's a, I know it's a Christian holy day of prayer and, oh, and fasting. Oh, Ash Wednesday?
0: Yeah, it's when it starts. It's a, Hold on, let me try to remember. It's a Christian holy day of prayer and fasting. It is. Preceded by, of course, Shrove Tuesday. Falls on the first day of Lent, which I know then a- goes for six weeks uh, uh, until uh, Easter Sunday, which
3: this year is April 12th. I know it's uh, observed by Catholics in the Roman Rite. Anglicans, Lutherans, Methodists, etc cetera. Uh, but what, what exactly are we supposed to be doing? You're supposed to
0: be praying and fasting today, and then for the next six weeks, giving up something as a sign of penitence that really uh, you you don't want to be without, but you're giving it up to remind your spirit that it should rely on God, not that
3: thing. And then after afterward, can you go back to whatever it right was you're giving up? Right back, yep. <laughs>
0: so give up your one coca-cola a day and then uh april 13th three coca-colas
3: a day so do you fellas uh sounds you, good to you, me if you were going to give something up what would you be willing to give up the not sports report <laughs> i mean something that involved you personally
2: the not sports report yeah i'm on this uh i'm on this segment
3: <laughs> what, if, what would something that you would if you were to give something up uh, and it was going to hurt you a little bit what would you what would it be just to do it? Nothing. <laughs> no, as a sign of faith. If you were so inclined. Faith in you? Whatever. Uh, nothing. Gordon, could you? No, uh, no, no, you're not playing along here. I'm saying, if you were, uh, if you were a believer. What would you give up that would uh, show something that that you were really trying hard?
2: Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. <laughs> would you park where you're supposed to for a whole uh, until Easter, which is more than a month, right? Park yes, where I'm weeks.
3: supposed to? Yeah, park where
2: well, you're supposed to. Where some, the rest
3: of, of society But parks. some of the places I park, they don't have lines. You just park there. No, I mean, park in the employee lot. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like I did today? taking up one stall only you know i didn't do a very good job of parking i will say that I, I did was on, you cross four stalls again no parking stall lines are merely suggestions but i was on the line shocking so you're taking up two instead of four but, I, but I, you still no, no i was taking up one but it was on it wasn't a very good parking job but i was in a hurry so i didn't go back so it's and fine read it. yeah
2: um, you did that on purpose. What, you are taking up two spots. No, you? yes, no, I wasn't. you did no, that on No, because there was a car. So did, a car. did that on purpose. No, there was a car in the next stall.
3: It's not like the lines are bright yellow, so I couldn't take. They're hard to see, two. Jake. <laughs> there was a car already there, but I thought whoever parked that car is going to come out and go. Who's this bozo parked this car here? Mm. It was me. So you couldn't give it up for six weeks. Well, I mean, maybe after today. <laughs> What would you give up? And I'm not making fun of this holiday. Some people take, take take this very seriously. I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way. I'm just I'm just wondering what you guys would be willing to give up. I gave you my answer and I meant it
2: 100%. What was
3: it again? The not sports report. Come on, come on. I mean something that hurts you.
2: Would you give know. up shaving your head for one for, for six, 6 weeks? Yeah, do yeah. It. No. Do that. <laughs> That would be kind of fun. Because Austin, of course— You
0: shave your head for six weeks. I'll not shave my head for six weeks. Austin, years, of
2: course, is, is follically challenged and has gone the high and tight method, which I admire. It you looks look, good. You, you look fine. But I kind of want to see the Friar tuck look a little bit.
0: It'll only, it only takes like three days to get to that point. so It would be more convenient. No, no, it's actually it's actually not more convenient because then stuff starts getting stuck in it because it's all sandpaper, velcro type fill. It's not good. How but
2: about how about you, Gordon? You go go tealess for Lent. When's the last time you didn't have a goatee? I, I
3: shaved it and my wife didn't like it, so I grew up back in nineteen eighty nine. What I mean, okay, I'll okay, die. you'll do it. Uh, I might consider doing it if you don't shave your head. Oh, Oh, worth
0: it? No, no.
3: What are you throwing in here,
0: Mr. Scott? (laughs) I don't know. What? (laughs) What's your idea?
1: (laughs) Uh, You have to wear a suit,
0: shave your arm, a a three-piece suit with tie done up for six weeks. (laughs) Three-piece suit? That isn't that isn't the same. It's the same uncomfort as a discomfort as not shaving my head.
2: For six weeks, yeah, wow, it's almost worth it.
3: It wouldn't be. And Gordon I mean,
2: has to shave the goatee. He's getting off this thing light. <laughs> Although you've had that goatee for a long that glue time. was held on <laughs> long time. Yeah, it
3: has been true.
2: Who was president last time you were? Clean I shed? forgot. Probably a crook. Truman.
3: Maybe. Maybe. But my, my wife, LBJ? It, my wife uh, it, it, she
2: said, go ahead and, and grow it back. But how long ago was that really?
3: Oh, uh, it was probably 15 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> maybe 10. I don't know. 20, 25. all runs together.
2: <laughs> Where were you living at the time? I here. Okay. Here. You had here. to you had to think about that for a while. No, it was here. Okay. All right, coming up next we'll talk to David Locke. Stay tuned. It is the big show 97.5 1280 the zone.
3: everybody. Good luck with Lent.
1: This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want.
0: It is the numero uno Hans Olsen fan. It's Man Crush. Did I miss an anniversary? No. My family
1: is deeply entranced with the whole box theater. I noticed on this program that Austin was on the
5: program, and I thought, is that the Austin Horton? And then I heard the conversation, and it sounded like Scotty made a recommendation that might not be good for your wife. So I thought I'd put myself out there a little bit and see if maybe you'd like to go on a mandate to take a look at this performance. Oh, I love it.
3: Crusher, I'm going to officially accept your invite Who's going on a date it's not a date it's just oh. a couple of guys going out to support cancer
0: well you're not supporting cancer <laughs> well, you stop saying that you're supporting cancer the fight against cancer go cancer <laughs> oh my god the fight against cancer sorry
1: catch hans and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone
2: and the zone sports network